0: and welcome to Social Media Weekly, episode twenty second September twenty twenty one. Social Media Weekly is brought to you by Virtual Palace Marketing, rehumanizing your marketing experience. My name is Sean, and I'm Jay. So we've been away for two mu- uh, two, two weeks. Sorry, two no, weeks, not two weeks. months. Two weeks, <laughs> just two weeks, because I've been traveling quite a bit, and it was very very inconvenient for me um, to sit down and actually do Social Media Weekly. But we're back, yes, and we're excited as ever. Welcome back to the motherland of Malaysia. <laughs> all right. I'm happy to be back. I'm serving the 14-day quarantine now. Hope I don't go mad uh, before the 14-day ends. All right, let's get started with the story. WhatsApp finally allows encrypted cloud backup. WhatsApp has enabled end-to-end encryption in chats for over 10 years now. So we all know WhatsApp chats are end-to-end encrypted. It's very safe and all that. But there is a loophole in this service all of the user chats in iPhones will be backed up on iCloud and Android to Google Drive. We know that as well. The problem is these backups were never encrypted, which means that once it leaves our phone and gets backed up on the cloud, the encryption is lost. This is the main method all enforcement agencies all over the world have been using to gain access uh, to the chats of suspects and you know all these kind of people they see of interest. WhatsApp now will patch this weak link by introducing an encryption key for both Android and iOS. It's optional and will require users to generate up to a 64-digit encryption key, which means that up to means you can generate a shorter key or you can generate up to 64-digit for a stronger encryption to lock their backups in the cloud. Once set up, only the users will know the key. You only have one copy, which means that you will need to keep the key safe. And losing it would mean losing all of your chat backups because WhatsApp won't have a copy of your encryption key. Uh, once the encryption, encrypted copy is backed up, uh, is created, the WhatsApp uh, WhatsApp will automatically delete the non-backed up version of chats. Of course, regulators and law enforcement agencies will always push back to this back door because they want access to the chats. Because whenever there is something going on and they need to profile or they need to chase after suspects, right? they need to go to chats because chats are the, the best means of communication to get things started, like for example, terrorism or whatever it is. Yep. Right. And having all these things encrypted will be very difficult for law enforcement. And their argument is saying that for the safety of the people, they, these chats all need to be open and accessible. There has to be a back door, maybe a skeleton key. but a lot of people are also saying that their privacy is worth more than these things mm-hmm. and law enforcement should find a different way to catch the
1: perps. To so apprehend the perps essentially. No? Yeah. yeah um, I guess what WhatsApp is doing, that's the thing. I, I can understand their predicament as well because you do not know how to actually handle this. It's a bit, it's because you, you're dealing with, you're talking about criminals and stuff like that and uh, talking about people using WhatsApp as a criminal, you know? And doing all this illegal stuff, so I guess there's they are trying to figure out how to fix around this.
0: What do you? Think? I don't. I don't think they're trying to figure out. I think they're just gonna give it. Uh, they're just gonna give us the the encryption capability. It is yeah. optional, and we have the option to encrypt it. So when we do encrypt it, and then when law enforcement pushes back, then they will deal with it afterwards. Hmm. So there has been a lot of issues because. Um, what I read is in Apple's case, they did not encrypt their chat backups because they don't want to piss off the authorities. But Google went and hit to enable the encryption without even telling anybody. Oh. <laughs> so, so on both ends, it is a little bit of you know back and forth pushing around between privacy and security. So yeah. these are the kind of problems that we will always need to
1: address um, when it comes to these things, social media and whatnot. Hmm. All right, yeah, I, I get your point there. All right, so next, uh, YouTube launches their own podcast. Being a successful content creator is a tough job. One needs to create on one needs to work on consistent and relevant content, do marketing, establish revenue flow, manage businesses, business, and more. This is why YouTube has recently launched its very own podcast called The Upload. The rise of the creator economy. I mean, like, it sounds like a movie title, like but I know, no right? Bad, <laughs> <dope> <laughs> like some Star Wars name. thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking like Rise of Epes, and like, whoa, like not bad. I actually kinda <laughs> like the name. I really like how they brought the name in. <laughs> this serial will feature interviews with a range of YouTube stars who have gone on to create their own businesses based on their work. YouTube explains. We, want to, we wanted to showcase the magic of creator economy in an entirely new way by taking people behind the scenes to learn what's going into the business of the creator, creators whose videos we, they watch every day. I mean, like, even for me personally, there's few creators that I look up to, like people like PewDiePie and stuff like that. Like, I really want to see how, what is their thought process, like how they actually create their but- own content.
0: Were they the ones that actually use the content to convert it into businesses? Because there is this new thing called the creator economy, right? Um, yep. And in the next in the next article, I will actually talk about LinkedIn also investing in creator economy. So it's not just about going into YouTube and creating channels for people to watch and then making money from there. But it's actually progressing using that the content that you create or something to actually convert it into a business. Like for example, you are an artist. You draw, you paint, right? And you use YouTube to promote your business and you also sell artwork and you also sell art commission
1: jobs as well. So that is a creator economy. Oh, but that's good though. I mean, like for us, especially as creators, we just, for me, it's just to shine at least some limelight to actually see how these guys especially their thought process like we will never know how they actually come up with this kind of ideas and sometimes it might it might come with the most crackers way like you know i stepped on a dog poo and like i had this idea just pop up like it's funny and also at the same time you get to know how their thought process is like so the idea of this spring uh, uh, the idea of this uh, sharing session is to shed some light to other to other would be creators on how it's done from the perspective of of already successful um, counterparts. But that's the beauty part. All right, guys, stay tuned. Hear this properly. The first episode of the upload begins today, on the 22nd of September, and it's hosted by a a journalist named Brittany Luce. Am I pronouncing it right? Luce, I think.
0: L-U-S-E. I think it's Brittany Luce. So what I hear when I saw YouTube creating their own podcast is... Podcast is a cool thing. Yes. And we're on the, the right track by having our own podcast. I mean, this podcast has been running for years. Yes. Um, and hopefully one day,
1: people will also want to talk about the podcast that we have. <laughs> I think next thing, probably we might be, I mean, like, probably Brittany might be calling us for the podcast as well. You never know. But well, we don't have a YouTube <laughs> channel.
0: Well, we do have a YouTube channel, but we use it as an archive rather than a place to actually gain subscribers. So um, yeah, I don't think we fit into it, but maybe YouTube comes up with a secondary um, podcast called the podcast people who use YouTube as a way to archive all their old podcasts <laughs> that we might probably be interviewed by them. Hit the rise of the archives. Oh. The rise of the podcast archive people or something. Oh. Like that'll be us, you know, that'll be us. Yeah, that'll be us, that'll be us. We'll probably take up the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, I think it does make sense. Uh, it, like um, creators share their journey and share how they use YouTube to uh, build their business. And then other creators who are inspired by it can actually hear their behind-the-scenes stories and their journeys and everything and probably also use YouTube as the similar platform to build their own businesses
1: as a creator. Yeah. I guess it's just to show that how these individuals monetize their YouTube content to create even more other, even more uh, different sorts of uh, income or revenue um, by monetizing with their videos. So like, I guess like some, like for an example, you can be a YouTube, uh, you can be a YouTuber and you can uh, monetize your uh, revenue flow by actually selling merchs and stuff like that. So that's what really, I'm actually, I'm actually keen on this. I actually want to hear what people, what people actually, especially YouTube stars, um, mm. what are their behind the scenes essentially. Yep. Moving on, LinkedIn invests in the creator
0: economy. So we did talk about this. Creator economy is a new fat word now. It may not seem obvious that creators would use LinkedIn as their platform of choice, but LinkedIn thinks it's worth the investment. According to LinkedIn, quote, building on the tools and resources we have available to creators, uh, we're rolling out the LinkedIn creator accelerator program and investing 25 million US dollars to help creators build their audience and amplify their voice. This 10-week incubator style program for up to 100 US-based creators, will give accepted participants coaching, a built-in creator network, opportunities to be featured on LinkedIn channels, and a 15,000 US dollar grant to help them share content, spark conversations, and build communities. LinkedIn is taking aim at freelancers and business owners who work closely with B2B customers because if you're B2C, you won't use LinkedIn, right? So, um, and you're not the kind of, um user who, who who is an employee in a multinational company who connects with each other, that kind of stuff. You are a freelancer, you are um you want to create your own small little business, you know, maybe you're a, a self-starter. And then you want to push it out, you want to push your service out, you want to push your content out. So you use LinkedIn to do this, to connect with B2B. Um, so that is where I see that. Uh, and of course, therefore it would see LinkedIn as more of an attractive profile up platform than TikTok and Instagram. Right now, LinkedIn is being used mostly by employees of multinational companies, SMEs and self-starters. This program paves the way for LinkedIn's next phase of social media, where it tries to become a more vibrant platform. Personally, I don't think LinkedIn is vibrant enough because yep. I don't know about you, but my experience on LinkedIn is it's just a bunch of people um, just bragging about their own work. Yep. And then uh, sharing each other's success stories in work and all the career stuff. It's it's very career stuff, right? And also people try to sell each other stuff. So that to me is what LinkedIn is. But doing this, supporting the creator's economy helps bring LinkedIn, in, introduce LinkedIn to a different use case. It attracts a different group of people into the platform.
1: Yeah. Um, and also when they say vibrant, I mean like, Let's just admit the fact that every time when it, you bump it, when you go into LinkedIn, you you are very much suited up, you know. You, uh, but now it feels more like they're just taking off one button and like, hey, let's yeah. bring in this kind of individual. Like let's yeah. be a bit more laid back, you know, instead of being full on professional. So yeah. I I like this. Uh, I really like this because for me as a creator as well, because I share things like, you know, about marketing and stuff like that on LinkedIn. But I would like to share my artwork as well, but I never thought uh, LinkedIn would be um, uh, a, a platform that I would use to share my artwork. I would instead use Instagram. But now bringing up with the creator economy, I think I probably start people my uh, artworks there as well. You know, why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So next up, Facebook announces AR glasses. Facebook has worked with ray Ban to release a new AR glasses. To be fair, calling them AR glasses is, not, is, is quite inaccurate since it doesn't do much AR work. The Wayfarers by Ray-Ban will have a camera attached to the side which will be used to capture stories. It would, we presume, be uploaded to Facebook and Instagram stories. It's essentially the first generation of Snap, uh, snap Spectacles, which was released five years ago. Um, While this version of Facebook AR glasses will not matter to most people, but wait for it. It's long-term goals is what we should focus on. Facebook has been working on on bringing social media into VR, um, AR slash VR metaverse, and this this device is the first attempt at it. Project uh, Aria by Facebook was announced last September and showcased the ability to scan our environment and project augmented um, reality objects and animations through their lens. I absolutely love this. It feels really much that we're going into like a cyber world like that. Like I am, I'm guessing like what I'm just visualizing this, like wearing the spectacles and like, you can see things, you can see some certain objects, which if you remove your glasses, probably you won't be able to see, but then you put it on. Yeah. And then you see it. So
0: cool. that is, that is the ultimate goal for Facebook's AR project. Uh Project Aria, right? You wear glasses and everything with a projector hits up and you can see stuff like, like Google map directions. Uh, if you lose your car keys and it's on a table, there's a pop-up thing that just shows it's there, that kind of stuff. Yep. And you can play a game with it. You can interact with something virtual. But this first generation of glasses is, not, is by no means AR at all. They yep. call it AR, but it's not because <laughs> what it's doing is you are wearing the glasses. It has a camera on the side and it just shoots 15 second videos. And then you can upload it directly into your Facebook uh, stories and Instagram stories. So that's just it. That's it. Nothing more, right? Uh, Snap, Snap introduced this five years ago and they have already progressed into the third generation in which they are starting to put heads up display onto their glasses. Uh, and Facebook is catching up on this, and I do believe that the sec- uh, Facebook will leapfrog ahead of Snap because they have so much more money. They have a bigger team to do this,
1: and they're able to do this, yep. right? Yeah. But for me, I I kind of like this because like, okay, I would say that the current generation, like the first generation that they actually came out with, I would say it would, be very, 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 it would be very good for, you know, people that actually use GoPro and stuff like that. Like instead of wearing a helmet and having a GoPro right on your head, and but this time instead, you literally can see it through your glasses, you know? You can see it like in a sense that it, it feels more um, first-person view, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I actually really like this. And I mean, if the future projects especially a project uh, Aria uh, I'm really looking forward for it because right now with the you know I'm, I'm sure you heard about NFTs as well like just imagine probably by wearing those glasses you can walk around individuals and you can see what sorts of art they have around them um, or what they own and I, I actually like this approach I'm really looking forward for the expansion on this especially basically yep. you're, doing, Attac- you're doing well you're doing well <laughs> Are you attaching,
0: NFTs, <laughs> attaching NFTs attaching NFTs to AR Glasses Facebook. You heard it here first. So if you you actually come up with this idea, please credit us at least. Yes, please. please Instagram
1: Instagram wants to
0: convert our stories into reels. Instagram wants us to be using reels more. This time, they're developing a new montage uh, feature that will convert stories into reels by splicing together a bunch of stories into a reels clip. So it's essentially just you have like uh, maybe 5-15 second stories And then you put it together, it becomes a one-minute thing, qualify for reels, it goes into reels. The first step will involve Instagram showing you a bunch of possible stories you would like to add into the montage. Then Instagram will automatically create a video by combining elements from each of the frame. After that, you can choose a song and you would then get reels. Uh, Voila, kind of thing. It, It is quite a good idea in a sense because Instagram wants people to use reels more and then you know we have a lot bunch of stories and then we can actually cobble up the stories together to make a more complete story because stories is shorter right so you know uh, what happened today kind of thing can become a reels yeah. but what I don't understand is that um, Instagram right here is encouraging us to convert stories into reels but at the same time they're discouraging us from sharing posts into stories because remember how a lot of people actually publish a post and then they share into stories so that, you know, then with a the sticker that says new post. Yep. So people see the story, then they will click on it and they will see the post. Correct. Yep. Right. The reason why people started doing that is because the reach for stories has begun to out, outperform the reach for posts. So, but, hmm. but from the influencers perspective, they need to see the metrics from the post because it is with those metrics they can use it to pitch jobs with, um, with brands. Mm. Stories yeah. cannot give them the kind of metrics. So then they need to publish on posts, but because nobody's looking at posts, they publish on stories to bring them to post. So then Instagram says this is not good because you know you are double posting and yep. it's, it's not good. You know, let's remove this, they discourage this. And then Instagram turns around and say, oh, but if you do it to, from stories to Reels, we, we encourage that.
1: So that's okay. <laughs> I guess they're trying to maximize on engagement. That's the, that's the only thing I, I think, can think about. Like, I think what I see is that uh,
0: Reels is the direct competitor for TikTok and they need people yep. to use Reels more. So they need more Reels content and they are finding any possible use case scenario to create, uh, to, to, to put in more content in reels. And that includes a bunch of stories cobbled up together. And I also suspect that this will be a temporary because once reels gains the traction, they will remove this
1: capability. That's just what I think. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, but I have one question for Instagram though. Okay, let's just say they want all of us to convert our stories into reels. But then after I do remember it, Stories has this 24-hour feature whereby after 24 hours, it's automatically archived. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm wondering what are they going to do with that? So um, this is, so is this, Reels going to be like that? Uh, is it not going to be like that?
0: This is where, it's, this it's, is where it makes sense for Instagram, for users to convert their Stories to Reels. Because when you convert into Reels, it becomes permanent.
1: Uh, okay. Alright. So, okay. yeah
0: so I guess that is where it makes sense for people mm-hmm. so some people might they love to use stories because you know stories is a bit more casual it's on the fly kind of thing you don't have to curate yep. you, don't have to create. you don't have to you don't have to do a lot of work right but there All are right. also people who use stories to draw amazing artwork yes There's, there are some people who who post a lot of really really brilliant stories they, they draw a lot of amazing artwork and post it and for them, the downside is it's twenty four hours.
1: What if yeah. it lasts forever? Hmm. Right? Then okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then so, I then I think I would agree with this. Or means then for me, I would just think about like you know like some certain. But I still kind of like the feature of twenty four hours. I mean, like you just don't need to think about it. You can post something. Post because something. You know, you'll go like, away, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you, you only will the... be dumb probably for 24
0: hours, and then you just yes. <laughs> that's. What yes. Yes. Because saying? you know that the shame will not last long. So that's why stories <laughs> is a very appealing. That's why people, uh, stories is a very appealing concept, because it it allows people to be stupid and dumb and silly, because after 24 hours nobody will see it anymore. So that's the concept
1: of it. But <laughs> there are some
0: stories that you may want to keep.
1: I think so, what they should do is they should just leave the stories there, but if they should put like a feature in a sense whereby if if you want to convert your stories into reels, we can do this for you. No, no, that's, that's exactly what they're doing.
0: They're giving us oh, okay. the capability. It's not mandatory. They're giving us the capability, an
1: option to do it if we want to. All right. Okay, that's yeah. a good thing. I was a bit afraid on that part about it. You know, I was expecting that they're oh, going to not, convert stories. No. It's not default for all of it. Yeah, it's not. Thank God. <laughs> Social Media Wiki Podcast is available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Our full videos are available on YouTube and we post bits and clips uh, on Instagram and Facebook.
0: We apologize because after two weeks, we forgot who's gonna do what. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you like social media weekly, it would really help if you could rate and review it on a podcast video of your choice and on YouTube so more can discover it. Social Media Weekly is on the lookout for our regular co-host to help bring us some bring some more depth into the show. If you're interested, simply drop me an email at Sean at virtualpalace.com. That is S H A W N at virtualpalace.com. This is Social Media Weekly episode 22nd September 2021. My name is
1: Sean. And I am Jay and we beat you an adieu.
0: We'll see you next week.
1: Bye-bye.